Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to another episode of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, the actor, Lucas Ng. And, and I'm the comedian, Josh Yang. Now, for all those who may not have gotten that reference, wh- what was that from, Josh? Stefan <laughs> from SNL, Honestly? which was, yeah, my, what, my favorite character to, on it ever. Because it was because it was like it was it was so ludicrous the writing of the jokes and the fact that like when you can make a character break yeah make yeah genuine laughter then it's it just makes it so much funny it's so much pure pure and and a display of comedy so I I like how you just out of nowhere I wasn't expecting that a hundred percent I was not expecting you to do Stefan the references are going to go wild today josh they're going to be deep cuts throughout the whole thing yeah this this podcast was found on the upper east side of a abandoned comforter i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um welcome back to another episode of the have we made it yet podcast um it is the podcast again where creatives talk about the process of making it um as we start off with every episode Josh in his nice, nice Frank and Oak shirt, which we ho- one day hope to. Oh no, they're going out of business. Are are they? No, that's just the warehouse sales that have been like. Oh come on, oh, where? I I heard. Oh, they're actually going out of bit business. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Um, but a- anyways, anyways. So, so anyways. sorry, Mr. Josh Yang. Yes. Have you made it yet? I have not made it yet, hmm. and it has been about a year and i think that we're going to be talking about that later uh-huh. but i haven't made it yet however the sleep with josh podcast in the last three days i have consistently been getting one new follower on spotify every day yes i wish i had that app yeah 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 so uh i'm starting to get some kind of consistent uh, downloads every day in the mid to high singles um so that's good it's better than it's better than getting zero to one to two so i'm mid to high singles yeah yeah and, and then soon i'll be in the teens and that'll be a whole new ball game but uh, good and you'll be too big time for this podcast you'll be a yeah. tight ship man just a one-man show yeah, too many people. Too many people sleep with Josh. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? What's no. your body count right now, man? Uh, eighteen followers. Oh man, you slut! 
<laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what is weird? What, what? what is weird about the analytics behind it? I checked on Spotify. Okay. So out of all of the list, listeners and streams or, or whatever <clears throat> of the streams, two-thirds are women. And more around half of the two-thirds, so I guess maybe a third to 40%, mm-hmm. are actually women between 18 to 22, which is, I I, it's, it's, it's odd because it's such a big skew uh-huh. in comparison to a lot of the other, you know, categories. But for some yeah. reason, women 18 to 22 out of the, I managed to hit over 500 downloads. So out of the 500 some odd downloads uh-huh. have been female listeners of 18 to 22. And maybe it's the, maybe it's the double entendre of the, uh, you know, of the sleep with Josh, you know, title, who knows, uh-huh. who knows, or it's my voice. I don't know. Who knows? But it's I am interesting happy for you, but 18 to 22 though, that is a key demographic that you have really gravitated towards. I never for, would have thought though. Never would have thought. Neither would have I, neither would have I, even though, you know, the single side of me is like, yes, but the other side of me, it's like, am I supposed to start, selling makeup or something that doesn't how is that gonna oh that's such a dated thing josh i'm sure they like more things than just makeup no i know but i i mean if you're aiming for an 18 to 22 year old uh demographic Uh that's female i'm imagining sponsors would be more so in like the make i don't know Anyways, it was just a it was just a weird it's a weird statistic that I wasn't uh-huh. expecting. But when I look at the analytics, it's there, uh-huh. and like we'll see over time if it keeps going like that. So, um, it's just funny. Uh, what was I what was I saying? Because uh, you're talking about sponsors right now, and it's you're going in the high singles. <laughs> yeah, the high. No, okay. <laughs> I was okay. Clearly, clearly a joke. I have no idea when sponsors actually come in. Probably when you get at least consistently, maybe. <laughs> Mac, uh, come for this guy. Mac, th- thousands of downloads a month, most likely. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but you know what? Enough about me. <laughs> yeah, Lucas, have you made it yet? A deep fried, full blown Caesar topped rotisserie chicken, cutted. No, um, but I'm okay with that, and. It's been a little over a year, but I'm not counting this year because this year is a wash. Yeah. So um, it's, it's one thing to keep busy, but it's another thing to keep motivated and inspired. But mm. hopefully within this one episode, we're going to go through our experiences about making it because this has been one of the more fucked up years ever. Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100% that it's been a fucked up year, but... Um... But yeah, so what, what did you, uh, I, I, I know you have a, oh, something oh, planned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a throw. Okay, cool. That's a throw. I'm throwing it. Um, okay, so this is, I just briefly wrote like six things that I realized. And of course, they're going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and more contextualized. Mm. Contextualized. That's a hard word to say. Um, but... Okay, first thing that I realized, and I think this is the same with you, Josh. Sorry, when I point, is it, am I pointing to you when I point to this side? No. Oh, this side. 
but it might be different from when you record it because I'm on the left side of the, but then this might be reversed. <laughs> so, so to I've, be safe. I, yeah, to be safe, do that. Okay, Josh. <laughs> this this that, comes out to you. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the cover, by the way. Just us doing this, that's going to be the cover of the, yeah. I love it, but I can actually choose it now. Okay, first thing, and I think this is true for the both of us. Mm. Never take anything personal in this industry. Yes. <sighs> Unless I, they specifically tell you to fuck off. Then, then that's probably personal. True. Mm. But until the day that they do tell you to fuck off, probably because you were like too overbearing, then it's not your fault. Um, you're going to go through so many shit auditions. You're going to go through so many um, bad, bad scenes when in your, in your acting classes, you're going to, man, you're going to be at times just like taking on so much garbage from your scene partners too. And I mean, everyone's trying to make it in whatever sense that they want to, but mm. it's nothing personal. Everyone just wants to find a job in the end. Anytime we go to a job interview, we probably won't get it. So never take anything like that personal. I don't know, Josh, like, like, I, I'm sure you probably felt the, the sting of taking something personal when you really shouldn't have, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess I shouldn't, I guess we shouldn't. But I mean, it is hard to because if if like, there's gatekeepers, and you feel like, oh, why isn't, you know, an opportunity there per se, it's like, you know, if you're on a similar level and whatnot, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes it ends up just being personal and well, I mean, you never know. I mean, you shouldn't assume that it is. Try to yeah. be as professional as possible. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, people have emotions. I mean, are, it, people who attempt this are generally, I'm going to assume, is an out... I'm the outlier because I have no emotions. I sound like I have no emotions. But, like, normal people who are trying to be artsy are mm -hmm. going to have more connection with their emotions. So... Yeah. And, and that's what I'm really trying to, trying to make a distinction. I mean, there's like, there's podcast Lucas, there's acting Lucas, there's Lucas at home, which just cleaned the windows. Mm. Like just, you know, even if you don't get the part, it's nothing, it's not a reflection on you. It's nothing to take personal because the cleaning window Lucas is just fine. Yeah. The, the cooking chicken yesterday, Lucas was just fine doing that too. Oh, that was delicious, Chick. That was delicious, uh, Lucas. I mean, I never ate it, but that was delicious. That was some... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, okay, second thing, second thing. Uh, train. Even if you think you're fucking Marlon Brando. Train, 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 train. And it's not just because, like, you might be shit. And if anything, acting is kind of kind of the weird craft in, in a way that, like, um, you might actually instinctually have it the camera may literally love you and you look mm. great like Timothy Charlemagne. Um, but the main thing is train so that at least other people can see you, other people can vouch for you, but also at the same time, just like be willing to, to put yourself out there so that you can at least showcase your talent. That's the main thing. And I felt like there's a lot of, I don't know, I've, I met this like one actor before. Yeah. And he was working at Sobeys with me. Okay. Okay, Barry, is, we're going to nail this name down eventually. <laughs> he doesn't work there anymore. But he was always going like, I just need, to, I just need, I just need a producer to, to just see me. It's like, 
He always did this. Oof, oof. Yeah. Like, I'm like, bro, you know, it, it's, it's no producer's going to see you at Sobeys, right? <laughs> unless, unless, I, I don't know. I've heard of some stories where like models get picked up of like in the most mundane of activities, like they're eating brunch or something. Yeah. 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 If you're but, attractive, you're generally attractive everywhere. So, huh. you know, anytime some random, like I, that is, that happens a lot to a lot of different actresses that or actors that like start off as models, right? They get scouted as models at a young age uh-huh. and then transfer that over to acting. Like, I mean, Kent, Kent was also like, he started off in that modeling sphere. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just going to assume it's easier to transition from a field where like you're viewed as attractive in the modeling sense yeah. or I guess in the general sense and then transition that onto screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even in Ken's case, he like he still had to train his ass off in terms of his body. Yeah, yeah, so, you gotta gotta practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice, man. So yeah, don't 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 push off training. Like, don't think you're too good for it. Like even Constance Wu, you know, of Hustlers fame, of Crazy Rich Asians fame, she still goes to acting classes, man. Like, good on her. Keep that training up, man. Absolutely. I mean, if anything, like acting like acting classes is is interesting because you always have to exercise that skill right because no role is going to be the same as the previous role so you always mm-hmm. have to be adaptable whereas like in comedy it is really more so refinement so you're taking something that's all over the place and then focusing it in so then it's like you that practice makes a little bit more granular sense whereas like you know acting practice is like you have to be able to take it on the fly yeah on that point though like i just had my last like zoom acting class and i'm gonna do for a while right and the the coach on that he was just like giving me cues on the fly he was like okay say this line but seduce her with it i'm like Mm -hmm. the line is have a seat so I'm like, how do you how do you seduce someone with it? And he's like, okay, okay, try something else. Demand it. Okay, try something else. Be humble about it. I'm like, and I'm still stuck on how how to seduce someone with that line of, have a seat. Oh, oh, oh there it is. <laughs> a little bit. You just gotta be. You gotta be. A, you just gotta add a little bit of a have a seat. Or just like what a line. What a line. Ah oh, man, if only everyone saw what just happened. We'll keep that between us two. Yeah. Between yes. us two. Um, okay, so the third thing is, I'm not sure if it's the same for comedy, though. But at least that's how I felt. Um, this business will ask you for everything. You will not progress if you don't put your all in it. And I, and I find that kind of true just because the spontaneity of auditions. It could come at 2.30 p.m. on a Wednesday and you won't have known that until Thursday, until Tuesday evening, the night prior to that. That's why, like actors like myself, have to work jobs that are extremely flexible, or the ones that you you kind of don't really care about at times. At times, like like, like Sobeys is great. You know, don't want to oh, put yeah. them down. They're yep. great employer, um, but you need to be completely flexible because you don't know when that moment will come, and if you are not willing to put yourself in the pocket of ambiguity 
then you will not have a future in it because these opportunities come and you will never know when they will come. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I would say though, um, I think for comedy, because mm -hmm. it's predominantly done at night, you can do it with a nine to five job. Awesome. Um, and I would say for the first few years, I mean, it takes a while anyways to feel like you're, you know how to write a joke or you get more comfortable on stage. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little bit of time anyways to get to a stage where you might even consider it. But then like, I think for Joe Vu, uh, he made that very conscious decision to quit his job, take the savings and then go into it. And I think that was at a period when he was already doing, you know, shows. He was, his material was already working mm -hmm. uh, to a certain degree. And he was, I think, I remember him mentioning in class, like, the, one of the things that pushed him forward with the decision was that he was turning down opportunities, I think, to do comedy. So mm -hmm. then when he feels like the opportunities are there and now he, he has to make this time to take on these opportunities or else it might actually hurt the career. Mm -hmm. That's when he had to make that decision. So you're, you're, you're going to hit a tipping point. And, yeah. and I also, I think I agree as well on that concept that it's like this, because everything's so subjective, it's almost a, a matter of a law of averages. Like yeah. you have to constantly be out there, you know, go through all the, all, all the, auditions all the spots all the different mm -hmm. chances because you never know when which of those chances might give you you know uh, a break might give you a role some producer might be in the audience it's like oh they just liked you they saw you it's like yeah. maybe consider you for something in the future so it's a matter of numbers it's a numbers game there definitely definitely and on top of that too in, in acting which is kind of different in in terms of comedy too um, your agents will be so pissed at you if you constantly turn down auditions because of work. I know yeah. work is very important, but don't expect to have any life within the creative industries if people can't depend on you, if you are not available. And mm -hmm. even if you are available, like make sure you like show up mentally, physically, spiritually. Make sure you're actually present. Because if you're constantly thinking on stage, you know, it, it, especially if you're doing a set or something like that, if you're constantly thinking about the, like the new project at work and everything like that, and just the amount of stress that you have after your big show and everything, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a clusterfuck, man. It ain't going to be good for you. Yeah. But I mean, everyone's path is different. Like don't drop, don't, don't drop everything. No, you know? like, no, it's, I, I wouldn't say you sh anybody should drop everything right when they get the idea uh, because that's too way too much risk. That's like, that's unnecessarily high amounts of risk Yeah. to commit to this. I mean, like, I think to a certain degree, you know, go to do auditions w where you can see mm -hmm. if, you know, you get anywhere. Um, yeah. But I guess it is different for acting and, yeah. And stand up. Stand up is like you can it's very much you can do it as a side thing mm -hmm. until you get to a certain point. Whereas acting, yeah, it is kinda right. Like you do so I I guess maybe it is you you at a certain point as an actor, you do have to take a leap where you like 
No, but then a lot of, okay, anyways, you, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is kind of true though. It's if you are not willing to put a lot of yourself in it, you're not going to get anything out. I know that's usually true for a lot of things, but in terms of the creative fields, I think that rings a lot more true than anything yeah. else. Yeah. And in, um, the, in, the, in the end, like, don't hold yourself back. If you have an idea, if it makes you happy on a, on a, on a uh, stimulation mm-hmm. point of view, do it. Like, you know, if you have a good idea, like I, for, for this podcast, even for the, the second podcast, it's like, I like the idea that I had. So mm-hmm. I just went ahead and did it. And, you know, yeah. once you start it, you're going to go through the rough patches. And then once you get better, you'll get better. And then you'll create a, a system, you'll become more uh, efficient. And then as things go, slowly, it'll happen. Slowly, it'll, it'll, you know, work itself out. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then the, 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 the time commitment that you have to put into this, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my, my number fourth point. Um, okay. Everyone's rooting for you, but I, but it might not feel like it. Um, you know, like I've just based on my own experience, um, when you're on an audition and it really does feel like American Idol, like you're standing there and across from you are the casting directors and, and it just feels like you're on American Idol because you literally have like 30 seconds and you got to blow them away with whatever is in your scene and everything like that. So every time I went in there, I always felt like it was an adversarial role. Like they don't like me. They don't give a fuck about me, but um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to blow them away. And then if they like me or not, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. But at the same time though, the casting directors, they're looking for their unicorn. They're looking, they're, they're really rooting for you to do well so that they can book you so that they don't mm-hmm. have to work anymore. They don't want to have to stay in that room for another like three hours looking for their Bigfoot, their Sasquatch, their, their unicorn. Um, so just know that when you're on an edition, first of all, it's an honor to be in there. Uh, but second of all, they're not trying to make you fail. If they're asking for re, uh, was it like another take on that same part, do it to the best of your ability, but they're not trying to fuck with you. They're just trying to see what you're made of. And if you are that person, amazing. They don't have to stay and look at bad acting for another three hours while chomping on their Cobb salad and drinking their fifth cup of coffee. You know, they're, they're rooting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants you to do well. Yeah. I would generally agree for comedy as well. I think, you know, I feel like at an amateur level, open mics, because the comedy in general is not that great. Like the second somebody is up there who is, who is funny and some of their material does work. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to see. It always makes it so that it's just a better experience. So you're not just, you know, standing off to the side and watching jokes, not work the entire time. So yeah, yeah. I think in that aspect, you know, in general, the community is pretty supportive. If somebody is, is good, is getting better. Uh, you know, making changes and stuff like that. However, I would also agree that there, right. there is some shit talk. Say it, say it. Yeah, there is, there is shit talk. There is uh-huh. shit talk. But everybody, but then again, comedy is so subjective. You don't, you may not like how, you know, uh-huh. another comedian's you know material is, and like sometimes it it works, sometimes it doesn't work. You know, and every comedian is opinionated that's pretty much 
the whole mantra of being a comedian is like you have to be opinionated and have yeah. a point of view. So in a certain degree, you know, people do want to see other people succeed, but then at another degree, sometimes they don't. <laughs> do you take pleasure in watching other people bomb? No. <laughs> No, I, I, I wouldn't say so. I, I'm kind of really out there like I want to see good comedy so that I can see how people, you know, perform. Yeah, you yeah. Know, learn from uh, what I can see. Um, I guess for me, the only thing is like I, I want to try to be the funniest on stage. Mm-hmm. I want to try to have the best set. But that's from like a personal, you know, driven point of view. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I I I I wouldn't wish bombing alone on stage for five minutes on my worst enemy. I wouldn't that bad, hey. I wouldn't wish that type of vulnerability exposure. You're just standing there, it's like, oh, I think this is funny, and nobody else thinks it's funny, and you still have to be there. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it can be a very lonely setting. So I don't, I don't want to see people fail. And sometimes, you know, when they fail, like, like, I mean, other comedians, like if you're friends with other comedians and you see them fail for, for whatever reason, and you have that kind of ribbing relationship, sometimes it's funny to see them fail, <laughs> but then it's not, it's not like a fail. Oh, they, they suck. You should get out of the game. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, the mentality is like, yo, everybody's going to fail for some reason yeah. at certain <laughs> points. And it's sometimes it's just funny watching them do it but it's, if it's from like a very cynical point of view is like mm-hmm. you know I, d- I wouldn't say I have that perspective but I would not also not say that it's also there some yeah but that's at the, but that's at like you know amateur open mic levels people still trying to get in because it's a lot of bruised egos sometimes uh-huh. yeah. and I find like so many comedians are already so jaded already that like they almost yep. like take pleasure in their own pain, but also in other people's pain too. I don't know. Yeah. You, you guys are weird, man. I guess it's, I guess it's like, if you've been in it again, it's the expectations. It's like, if you've been in the game for so long and mm-hmm. you're not seeing any movement and you feel like you've put in so much effort, then you get jaded because you feel like you're expect to be at this level, but you're not there. Yeah. So it's, I mean, we talk with this, like with Fawad, it's like, even though it's tough, it's best to have no expectations. And Uh that's something like I kind of wanted to touch a little bit later on is like, I wanted to talk about how it's your expectations have changed from when you started a year, year and a half ago to now. Cause like my expectations of where I am now were, are completely, you know, I couldn't even imagine Mm -hmm. the position I'm in now and and what I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to be able to do. Um, but yeah, what was your, are we on four or five? Is this uh, we're, we're on the fifth one right now. Okay, let's go. Okay, bad auditions can be good and good auditions can be terrible. Um, so, so case in point, like there's one of the, one of the three bookings that I, that I had in, in the last year. Yeah. The, the role was called uh, Scared Chinese Boyfriend Watching Horror Movie. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so it, it was just me and, and my scene partner, like two dudes who were um, vying for that one part. Um, we just had to pretend we were scared at the sound of a clap. So the casting director was like, okay, okay, you're watching, you're watching really intently. All of a sudden, 
and then I have to like jump out and like look really cheerfully scared and everything like that as yeah. if I was in, in like Fright Nights at PE or something. Um, somehow booked the part, but I thought even when I was walking out of that audition, I'm like, this is so stupid, man. Like, I look so dumb. Like, someone has tape of me, like, looking scared and happy at the same time. Like, mm, that's so silly. But um, I remember I had this one audition, which I completely bombed and did not get the part, though. But that just goes to show you just sometimes the randomness of everything, too. Um, mm. It was for a CBS show called Blood and Treasure. It could have been a really, really cool gig. And it was really small, though. It was a bit part. So it was like security guard number two. Um, my agent asked me, hey, do you speak Cantonese? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then um, I got the script. Then I quickly like sent that over to, to Ray, our good friend Ray, who like translated for me and also my parents who also translated for me. Mm -hmm. um, the line was, no deliveries after six. Okay. And then the second line is, oh, this way, please. So mm -hmm. in Cantonese, it's like, look, sorry, look, oh, Canto listeners. But at the audition, I panicked. I didn't even know where my eye line was. I just said, and I completely just fucked it all up. And yeah. when I walked out of the room, I just wanted to take my water bottle and just wanted to like hit my head over it because I was so mad at myself. Mm. So just, if anything, bad auditions can be very good, but also bad auditions can be terrible too. So just do your very best, put yourself out there and see what happens because right. it's right. random, man. Right, because you just said like bad can be good and good can be bad. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the good audition the good result could have come from a bad performance, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And a bad performance can lead to a good result. So yeah, that's true because I mean, that's the other thing where I would imagine like going into auditions is like mm -hmm. you give what you give, you know, and then you just don't act. You just got to be confident. You can't act like you didn't know what you were doing <laughs> Yeah, because it's acting right. Yeah, Cause like, yeah, yeah. At a certain point, once they yell action to the point where they yell cut, I'm assuming they're the directors or whatever, they're going to assume that what you're, do, what you're showing them between that period of yeah. time was intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you do it and then at the end it's like, oh my God, what was I doing? That was terrible. Then they, then they get the sense like, oh, if he thinks it's terrible, then it was terrible. Whereas, <laughs> but you don't know. You don't know subjectively. Like if somebody took it a certain way, mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, Obviously, if you're a more experienced actor, like you would have better control over what you're expressing. You you're pinpointing an emotion. You want to get a certain reaction. But sometimes yeah, yeah. with like you know smaller parts and stuff, it's it's like who knows exactly what they're looking for. Uh -huh. So I mean, that's I could draw a line with between that and comedy because Please. like uh -huh. if you tell a joke, right, and but you're confident that when you tell it, even though you might have fucked up during the telling of it. Uh -huh if you act like it's a, everything's fine, the audience won't notice. They won't, they can't tell if what you're telling, what you're saying is a part of the joke or not a part of the joke. Right. All right. So you, so you can't break down your joke midway through your joke uh, on stage, <laughs> you know, and lose confidence because the audience has no idea up until the point where you're like, 
oh no, why did I do that? Or it's like, oh, you start stuttering or or whatever. Then the audience uh-huh. is realized like, oh, this isn't part of the bit. He did just, he's just not good. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, it's like sometimes when you just got to power through, act like everything's fine. And then every, nobody knows the wiser. Exactly. Exactly, man. They, yeah. they don't call this like stagecraft for no reason. It's like, it's literally craft, man. Just power through. Um, and I just got the last one. It's, it's really subtle, really small. I think in terms of also yourself, which is a really like, you know, it's, it's an explicit art form in the sense that you're up there on stage by yourself. And as actors, you know, you're, um, you're on what they call like the mini stage, but the camera is a really powerful lens that can not only see you, but also like read your emotions too. So I, I think it's just, it's okay to feel this as an actor. I just said, it's okay to be nervous in front of the camera. Yeah. You, know, you don't always have to be like on, you don't always have to feel like you got to put on a show every time. Like people get nervous too. seasoned mm-hmm. professionals get nervous too. So it's okay to feel the feelings. Just make sure. Oh no, there's this John Jones line that I always remember the fighter, John Jones. It's like, right. he just said, it's okay to feel butterflies in your stomach. So long as you make them fly in formation. Hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's nice. cool. Channel that energy, man. Do it. Like, it's okay to feel nervous. Just use that nervous, use that clenched hand, use that sweaty palm as like, as, as grip when you have to hold on to more things, you know, just use that. Yeah. Being nervous, being anxious, having that fear instinct keeps you focused, gives your, gives your senses heightened. So I, yeah, it's like, I would, I would imagine also sometimes like some comedians I've heard say is like, mm-hmm. if you're, if you go up and you're not, and you're not like, who knows who can see whether or not you're nervous. Like mm-hmm. somebody could go up before stage and like act all confident, like act confident. Right. Mm-hmm. But inside be nervous, you know, and that's everybody's own process. But it's like, if you go up there and you're, you're, you're generally inside and out, just completely not nervous, then mm-hmm. either, either you're a comedy God or you have no idea what's about to happen or you have no idea what's going to happen because you're naive. Yeah. Right. You have no idea like what to focus on. You have no expectation. Well, I mean, in that uh-huh. kind of no expectation is may not be a great thing at that moment, but it's yeah. like, you know, it's, I, I think like if you're too overconfident sometimes, then you lead yourself into a, a bad decision-making or bad performance. But if you're nervous, you're focused a bit more, you're a little mm-hmm. bit more anxious than you, you just, you just, I think you just perform better in general. Yeah. Yeah. So long as you can like be present in the moment too. Like yeah. I mean, I remember it was like watching Kevin Hart <laughs> uh, performing at the O2 yeah like he he kept on saying holy shit i'm here at the o2 and even he was like so present in the moment that he wasn't just like this is any other show like fuck it i'm kevin hart man yeah yeah true true yeah um that's my six man did you have anything well for me i didn't i didn't necessarily list down but i kind of had um i did have kind of the idea where it's like i i wanted to us to talk a bit about you know it's been a year or so since starting and then the expectations we kind of had in the beginning versus like where we are now and whether or not, yeah. you know, those expectations are kind of similar or like have changed. 
um, for me, I would say like, I remember the moment that like, I kind of committed to the idea of actually giving it a try was mm -hmm. like around January of 2019. And this was yeah. after coming back and going to like a little, um, friends get together and like a uh, mutual friend, like, you know, Andrew and Ryan, and they were there. It was uh -huh. like, that was the night where it was like really pushing me. It's like, you know what? You could do this. This is something you should try to do. And I remember like us waiting outside uh for the bus or for the tr um ttc like streetcar it was like w 12 or 1 a.m and yeah. that was like okay i'm gonna give this a try this is the year where i'm gonna do this you know mm -hmm. who knows where it is it's like i have no idea if i i can even write a joke i don't even know about performing it's like if by at the end of the year you know i'm gonna take the class the lol comedy class if maybe one year into it you know i can just be able to write a good five minutes or even be able to perform that will that's my expectation that's mm -hmm. it like I don't know anything else like I don't even know if I can do it even mm -hmm. and then that was just enough to to take the push and then after doing the class and having the graduation class go very well giving me the confidence to to do more shows and yeah you know make an effort to take on the challenge, talk to other people, get uh, asked for introductions to other producers. And you just never know, really. Like, you never know all the limitations you may set on yourself. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I'm going to fail. It's like, even if your expectations is like, you know, low expectations. Mm -hmm. If you go in with low expectations, you never really know how far you might actually go. Because, yeah. like, for me, it was very lucky and fortunate to have been in the right time to know just the right people to be able to go from, you know, doing the class to being able to perform on stage at the CBC uh, Glenn Gould studio for like uh, a spur of the moment type of show. It was <laughs> like, it wasn't something that was planned like half a year before, but it was like an, uh, a fluid process. And yeah. just so happened I was there, just so happened I knew the producer of Vong's show. I was doing some of the uh, comedy writing groups with them uh -huh. and it just when when an opportunity arises you never know yeah. when it's going to come and then if you take that chance uh -huh. you know if you push yourself to t take that opportunity when it comes yeah. you 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 have no idea where it might might lead to so uh -huh. that's that's the thing i would say in terms of like one year in and to anybody who else in the future or currently listening uh -huh. you know if you're unsure about where it can go just Go in with it just with the knowledge that you just want to do it. It's something you want to at least say to yourself that you did do it. Yeah. And then see where it takes you. Like you never know where it, where it might take you and you never know where you might be in a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, th that's the main thing, right? Like time's going to pass no matter what. It's really about what you're going to do with your time. Um, granted, like I, oh man, I, I got to say though too, quarantine and covid really fucked a lot of things up i think i i know that's that's the general consensus for a lot of people's aspirations and goals but um you know like i, I did this thing i did this acting thing not kind of a spur of the moment but it's like something that i've always wanted to do too right and i'm happy i got to do it within the year of 2019 to 2020 but it's always like the, um, what do you call it? When like babies, the, the imprinting phase of babies, right? When right. they finally like open their eyes and see their mother and they're like, okay, that's my mother. I can, 
I can be vulnerable with with her. Um, I feel like you know we're so early in our in our progress in our journey that having COVID happen within our second year kind of like ruins momentum a bit. So I'll be honest, like it's been a great first year of acting, and the show that I'm on is actually premiering later this month, which I'm pretty excited for.、Um, but This has really made me like reevaluate what I want to do. Oh, oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>、yeah. Many, many、uh, amateur comedian have perished in the last year or so, or even、yeah. professional comedians have 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 essentially perished. It's like this is a this is a very low income endeavor. There's there's like, and once you're once you have such a long period of time off, and you want to try and push yourself to get back into it.、Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, even for me, like in terms of writing new material, like not I've jotted down a bunch of ideas, but in terms of still sitting down and writing it, it just still doesn't feel like there's an avenue to express it properly. I mean, it's a good thing that we have this that we could focus some some energy in that area.、Uh-huh. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of progress going, but like, yeah, no, I I had big hopes this summer. Yeah. For you know, be able to ride that momentum of the first、yeah. seven eight months, but、uh-huh. um, you know, yeah. So just for our listeners, whoever is like, whoever is maybe like, unfortunately, like also unemployed or, or feeling it too. Just just know that we're us two, us two. We're both feeling it, man. And we totally hear you. If you have like any stories you want to put out, like let us know because. We had high hopes too, <laughs> but you know what? So long. I don't know. Maybe this is just wishful thinking too, Josh. But so long as we keep the the track, we、mm. keep hiking, we will eventually get there. So that's all I can really hope for right now. But um, hopefully、yeah. something happens, man. Because this fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the new world will be like with with a vaccine and things might、oh. go back to normal. But who knows? Speaking of that too, whatever this new normal is, like some of my friends have have been on set already in Vancouver.、Mm. They're like, it's totally different, man. Like, I really look forward to booking gigs, not only for the pay and everything like that, but for、yeah. craft services. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no more buffets. Oh. <laughs> Everybody has to have their own like individual container of food, or they get they have to take like some prepackaged stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to bring your own masks. Oh. And I'm not okay. I'm not complaining. It's oh my god. I'm gonna sound like such a such a petty diva. But like, yeah, everyone's like bringing their own masks, their own gloves. Um, sometimes their own face shields too. At times. Yeah.、Uh, I heard makeup wasn't really being done.、Oh. Everything. Because it's too close to you and everything. Yeah, I guess. Just, I guess. Man, this industry, man it it changed in a span of three months. It changed so much. Yeah, I mean, in the end, you really gotta adapt or or die. And a lot of people have been metaphorically dying through this process. So that's not great. But、um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in a couple of years, things will go back, and we'll see. We'll see.、Yeah. But.、Um, Yeah, I think that's we're coming up to the time for for this episode. It,、uh-huh. uh, do you still want to do rapid fire ten? 
you know, we'll give each other 10 word association words. Let's do it, man. Okay. Do it. All right. Okay. Do you want me to go first for you? Okay. You go first. You go first. You go first. Okay. Okay. You feeling loose, Josh? I think so. I don't know what loose feeling loose means because I'm so robotic. I, I don't have any emotion. I don't know. <laughs> Can you at least like pop a collar? Oh god damn. Oh god damn. We got pickle oh, no, 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 I can't because the, the buttons on it keep it from being popped. Oh you actually did that button? Wow. Well, there's always the buttons. Anyways, anyways, yeah. Oh, hit okay, me. okay. Okay, okay. First word. Paper. Man. Notes. Taker. Ambiguity. Confused. Ghosts. Busters. Curved. Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Curse. Available now on Netflix. Ooh. Kanye. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> oh, no. Um, roommate. Ryan. Partner. Ryan? <laughs> no. Uh, well, no, actually, yeah, probably. I would say Ryan, like partner, partner in singledom. Uh, okay. <laughs> Last one, Josh. Yang. <laughs> Are you seeing oh, it no, too? the internet's... Yeah, it's it was really bad. Hold on, was it was was the last word Josh? Yeah, and I answered Yang, so that's that's correct. Okay, cool. Well, we'll we'll see how much of this actually makes it. Okay, so next ten minute, ten ten words. <sighs> okay, okay, hold on. Okay, I'm good. Okay, watermelon. Man. <laughs> Quarantine. Sucks. Friendship. Raymond. <laughs> okay. Audition. Uh, anxiety. Front line. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, I mean, these are just all random. I, I thought of the word squeegee for some reason. All right, squeegee. Mm-hmm. Desert. Mirage. Television. Uh, entourage. Clouds. Uh, moody. Thunder. Thor. Mm. And finally, kumquat. When Phoebe said, oh, that's my Wi-Fi network. Oh, yeah. All oh, right, 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 right. For a second there, I don't know why when you said, when Phoebe said, I was like, from Friends? From the TV show Friends? I was like, <laughs> I actually don't know many Phoebes other than Phoebe Mew that we interviewed. Our most highest viewed oh. episode so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's been quite a ride, 25 episodes. That's quite an accomplishment, I feel. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Josh? Like, we're a quarter of a century. No, no, no. <laughs> a quarter of a century worth of episodes. No, quarter no. of a 
quarter of a centennial of a centennial not not century. centennial maybe uh-huh. mm. yeah it's uh we'll see what episode 50 will be like episode 75 100 if we are still here at 100 you know what even when quarantine ends let's still do it over zoom <laughs> <laughs> is zoom oh, still man. a thing then i don't know zoom was never a thing before beforehand and i thought like we it would have been something like this whole webcam thing would have been like, you know, more established than it was before this all happened. And then all of a sudden zoom comes in out of nowhere. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I feel like I, I kind of like the zoom a little bit just because we can, there's, it opens up to a lot more guests that we can, we can talk to. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I think I do want to try and if we can, do the in-studio feeling yeah. again, but and maybe somehow have a guest come in-studio, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. What are your handles, Josh? At Josh Yang Comedy. Also, remember to sleep with Josh by listening to the Sleep With Josh podcast. Can you say uh, that more seductively? Uh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Sleep with Josh Yang. Oh. Or no, or just sleep with josh that's that's my that's my podcast voice and that's that's how i i do it so lucas what are your handles you can find me at lucas john ng ng that's two letters n for n for nancy g for golf that's my last name um and please follow us on instagram hwmiy podcast on instagram and also like subscribe us on youtube because we do need those subscribers. Yes. Thank you. All right. Cool. See you guys next week. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.